We welcome you to the Lutheran Prayer Hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, from Matthew, the second chapter. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east came from Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. 
They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then behold, Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going to the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Epiphany could be a day of actuallys. If you don't know that meme, you'll still recognize it. It's when someone comes along to tell you that, well, actually, everything you thought you knew was wrong. The Holy Roman Empire was neither Holy Roman nor an empire. Or George Washington probably didn't chop down a cherry tree. Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. And we never sing in church that most famous Epiphany song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Why not? Well, it's a pretty famous actually. The Magi probably weren't kings, who said that there were three of them anyway, and they probably were from Persia or Babylon, not exactly what we call Oriental. It's probably necessary that we leave behind some of these legends. Sorry, Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar. We don't want to confuse pious myths with the real historical truths of Christianity, that Jesus was, in fact, born in Bethlehem during the reign of Herod and the Roman census, and born of a virgin, God incarnate. Still, you can't also help but get a little grumpy at all of these well-actually folks out there ruining everything for everyone. Turns out that the hymn We Three Kings is actually pretty good. Once you get past the only verse people know, listen to these words. Be born a king on Bethlehem's plain, so I bring gold to crown him again, king forever. Frankincense acknowledges God is near. All men should worship and raise their prayers to this baby who is none other than God Most High. And myrrh, that bitter perfume once used in embalming, tells of sorrow, sighing, bleeding, and dying, which this young child will face for us. The three gifts of the Magi are themselves an epiphany, a revelation of who this child on Mary's lap is, King and God and sacrifice for us. You know, now I actually kind of want to sing that song. Kings get a mention in our Old Testament reading for epiphany. It says that nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So maybe that's where that king legend came from after all. But keep your chicken and your egg straight, because the text of the Old Testament today wasn't chosen for kings. It was chosen because it mentions nations, or to translate it much more literally, Gentiles. Even heathen, with all of its negative connotations, would be a fine way to translate it. When we sang all through Advent, Savior of the nations come, we were acknowledging Jesus as the Savior of heathen Gentiles. And that's who all of us listening are, I bet. Germans, Norwegians, maybe some Englishmen, some with Spanish or African or Asian or Arab blood too. Very few Jews live in North Dakota. When Isaiah said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, he wasn't addressing you and I at all. God did not appear in Babylon or Rome or Washington, D.C. or Fargo. Jesus came for Jews, to rescue Jews. He said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus would say to that Canaanite Gentile woman, and though he did not appear gloriously crowned in the palaces of Herod or Annas, Jesus still was born to Jews in Bethlehem, Joseph and Mary of the house of David, and Judean shepherds. And nevertheless, 
Isaiah says Gentiles shall come to the light of the Jews. And thus Paul tells the church at Ephesus and us the great mystery that was hidden and secret in times past, even though it was revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that is, in the Bible. The Gentiles are fellow heirs, Paul writes, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. You see, dear Christians, Epiphany is our true Christmas. For here, Gentiles are not turned away from Jesus. The praise of non-Jews is received. And we, too, have a chance to acknowledge this infant as the Most High God. Notice, Mary does not tell these magi that they are wrong to do it. What could she do? Unclean again, I guess, because these Gentiles must be permitted in her house. The eternal purpose of God is realized. It's made manifest in her Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now we have access to the Lord with confidence through our faith in Him. Epiphany is the Gentile Christmas, but there's no need to, well, actually await December 25th. The point is that all things are now ours in Jesus. Their light is our light. Their scriptures are our scriptures, for their Messiah is our Christ. Kings, these particular wise guys, may not have been though they were Gentiles who came to a very particular and mysterious, let's admit, light. Nevertheless, we have something far too specific in this prophecy to overlook. Isaiah writes, They shall bring gold and frankincense. And going into the house, the Magi saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and prostrated themselves to worship him. And then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense, and myrrh uncanny, is it not? Indeed, the scriptures cannot be broken. There's one more actually we have to deal with, though, isn't there? Matthew records these gifts of the Magi, three gifts, so you uh, do need at least three wise men in your nativity scene, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But Isaiah has a different set of three. He writes, they shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news. Just a coincidence, then, I guess, not a true prophecy of these magi. Well, actually, I don't think you can go wrong with that old carol. Because what is the good news, the gospel, if it is not the proclamation that this newborn God is our atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world, Jews and Gentiles alike, literally the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. He will be crucified, he will die and be buried, and Nicodemus, a Jew by the way, will finally catch up to the unexpected heathen faith when he brings myrrh to bury Jesus in John chapter 19. It is good news that the Magi bring a symbol of death to this infant, because Jesus Christ's death is our life. But if that's too far-fetched for you, although it does accord with the analogy of faith, know this, that these wise men have indeed brought the good news, because they brought the gospel in addition to whatever their gifts might mean. They brought it about that the scriptures were read in Herod's court. Though the ears of the priests and the kings were deaf to it, 
the gospel still fell on the believing Gentile ears of the Magi, who heeded that word and found the babe in Bethlehem. And they also brought the gospel in their very arrival, for they acknowledged the king of the Jews not in Herod's palace, but at Mary's lap. He is not merely a future king, an heir to the thrones and kingdoms of men. So the Magi prostrated themselves in worship only God may receive. Does incense own a deity nigh? Well, genuflecting certainly does, as we Christians still do whenever we bow our heads and our knees in the creed when we say, He was incarnate, and He was made man. The praises of the Lord is how Isaiah names the gospel. The Lord God has given us a new revelation of His glory, an epiphany that is also a theophany. We see God in the person of His Son now made flesh. What was hidden from the fore the foundation of the world, God has made known also to the Gentiles in His Son. The Magi have found the fullness of God's glory manifested in the substance of their own mortal nature. And we too have found Him, our light, who lightens every darkness. The Lord of Israel is actually the Savior of the Gentiles also. The Most High God is actually a man also. And so we too then must kneel down and give our adoration to God truly in the flesh, even as we eat that true flesh given in the bread of Holy Communion. That is the chief, well actually, of Christmas and Epiphany, which we Christians must declare to each other and to the world. You do not go out and find God in heaven. Rather, he has come to you on earth to save. Therefore, if you bring any praises of the Lord, now they have to be brought to the feet of a man, Jesus of Nazareth, our Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Let us pray. O God, who by the leading of a star didst manifest your only begotten Son to the Gentiles, mercifully grant that we, who know you now by faith, may after this life have the fruition of your glorious Godhead, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The Lutheran Prayer Hour is brought to you each Sunday morning by the Lutheran Congregations of the Missouri Synod in southeast North Dakota. This morning's broadcast was conducted by the Rev. Sean Denzer, visitor of the Southeast Circuit. If you have no church of your own, we extend a cordial invitation to hear God's Word with us at one of our Southeast Circuit congregations. You can find service times, sermons, and other information for the faithful Lutheran Church nearest you at sendlcms.org. That's S-E-N-D-L-C-M-S dot O-R-G. Including information about Trinity Lutheran in Great Bend, who is the sponsor of this morning's broadcast. You can join them for church every Sunday at 8.45 a.m. If you have any questions about the Bible, the Lutheran Church, or any comment regarding this morning's broadcast, address them to KBMW 605 Dakota Avenue, Wahpeton, North Dakota, 58075. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.